Welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. Today we have Manny LaCaruba on the show. Thank you, Manny, so much for being here. Good to be Manny, here. Yes, thank you for being here. We have Manny, who is a friend, a colleague, a longtime practitioner of Buddhism, in part that also includes his meditation practice. He's also a teacher of martial arts and yoga. And today he's talking with us specifically about his meditation practice and how people who might be new or curious um, about meditation can get started. Manny, thank you again for being here. Oh yeah, no, a pleasure. Um, it's one of my favorite things to chat about. <laughs> I believe that. I know that yeah. from any of our chats together. And you've been practicing meditation for over 20 years. Can you just share with us a little bit about how you got into meditation and what that looks like for you or what type of meditation you do? Yeah. Um, so my first introduction to meditation was actually back in the 70s when I was a, a pup. And my parents were, I guess, TM, Transcendental Meditation was sort of a thing then. And and uh, at the, you know, at the end of the 60s, early 70s, a, a lot of yogis were showing up on the late night TV shows of the of the day. And um, I remember my folks having this book and, and that was my first introduction to meditation. And it was, you know, I wasn't doing it really correctly. I had no formal instruction, but I played with it a little bit and it sort of stuck with me and it, and it planted a seed for, um, for Eastern philosophy, really, at the end of the day. And then, um, you know, fast forward a few decades and I got introduced to Tibetan Buddhism. And of course, meditation plays a very big role in in Buddhist practice, uh, as it does in many, um, you know, Eastern uh, uh, religious slash philosophical practices. Um, I could actually think you could even say that um, in Christianity, prayer, deep prayer, is a form of meditation. Um, so you see this type of of um, practice really throughout all cultures, I believe. It's just, you may not call it that. So that was my first introduction. And then, of course, I got formally introduced. My Lama is um, uh, an American uh, who achieved, the. I think it's the first American to become, um, to get the title of Geshe, which in Tibetan Buddhism is like a, a doctor of theology. And he was pretty strict um, about making sure you do it the way it's been done for thousands of years and don't let all this new age stuff corrupt your your meditation practice because it will not keep you on the buddhist path and a lot of people you know come to meditation and they're not maybe so interested in in being a buddhist or a hindu or a yogi or you know or or zen or you know zen buddhist or tao it doesn't really matter um they're interested in getting the benefits from it and so one thing that was drilled into me was it's simply a tool and you can apply it however. So um, I'm sort of getting away from the question of how I got into it, but that's how I got into it was formal meditation one-on-one, -on -one, not one-on-one, -on -one, but in a class setting, in a teaching setting, in a formal uh, um, um, uh, teaching setting uh, with, with, uh, with a Lama and also... <clears throat> Um, he has a, his name is Geshe Michael Roach, if you want to look him up online. Uh, if you want to, uh, he he offered a number of courses, right, that he he taught in New York over six, seven years. 
and uh, there's a, a whole course on meditation there. And it, you know, it's like 10 classes with quizzes and a final exam and, you know, weekly meditations and all that. So, and, and so that's like 15, 16 hours of instruction and, and a whole bunch of other ancillary stuff. And then of course my friends, because I have friends who are uh, on the same program and, and we go back and forth with our meditation, uh, discussing meditation. So I have a question for you about that. How often do you meditate and for how long? Is it a ah, daily thing is, for you, a weekly thing? What does it look like? Yeah, um, ideally daily, right? Ideally daily. and But it ends up being like four or five times a week because life intervenes and does what it does. And ideally an hour, um, which I basically can't get to an hour. Um, but the magic starts to happen after once your, your practice gets up to about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So if you're a beginner and, uh, you want to start to, um, start to meditate, don't try to sit for more than 10 minutes. You, you can't, you know, just, well, and you'll be leading some beginners in our mindful movement summit that's right. on Sunday, August 6th. That's right. So, um, you definitely have experience leading people who are new to meditation into the practice and the things that you and I have spoken about that I would love for you to share with others is here we are uh, co-hosting the mindful movement summit. And many people use the terms mindfulness and meditation synonymously Hmm. who have shared with me. They are not the same thing. Can you please explain your definition Um, between the two? uh, Just to finish the last question about a half an hour. Oh, <laughs> I sit for a half an hour. Um, okay. and, and that's a sweet, and sometimes a little longer, if it's going really well, you let it roll. And sometimes I'm just a little too agitated. I've checked too many emails beforehand and I cut it off a little early because I'm, I'm just, I can't keep my mind focused. Um, but uh, yeah, mindfulness is really just, you know, what's funny. I have this odd association with mindfulness. I, I, I remember being in London and being, riding the tube and there's this voice that comes on mind the gap and 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 what he really means to say is don't be a doofus and and get your foot stuck in the gap between the train and the platform you pay attention to what you're doing and that's really what mindfulness is it's this you know being in the present moment paying attention to what you're doing being focused on what you're doing um a lot of productivity experts would call it a flow state or something like that and it's it's really it's, meditation is practice concentration so when you're meditating correctly properly and i define it as practiced concentration so i like to call it strength training for your mind so when you that. concentrate you're working this muscle just like when you lift a, a you know a dumbbell or something you're working this muscle here you know so um, very similar. And, and there's a, a limited amount of time you can do before you just get tired and you have to stop. And it's the same with this muscle, but we want to so go muscle the brain just for people who can't see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm pointing my podcast. head. Yeah. Cause we're this on muscle video. Meditation right? is the brain lifting weights is your bicep. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So if you're lifting weights, you're working, maybe your bicep or something. And when you're thinking hard and, and they can, both can be fatiguing, but we want to train so that we can do more, right? Same with running. You're a runner, right? So you've trained so you can run longer. Um, 
Absolutely. And so you use, it's like a good stress as it were, right? Where you work yeah. the muscles, uh, whether it's your mental muscle or otherwise. So, uh, so when you are meditating, you are being mindful because you are in the present moment. You're, you have a, an object of your meditation and, uh, the idea is to ha let that carry over into your daily life so that your mind doesn't flit around as much over time. It will, you'll be able to focus more because that's what you're doing when you meditate. So that's, that's really the difference. Mindfulness is what you bring to your daily life from your meditation practice, which is mindfulness, but it's a formal mindfulness. And I would add, um, one other word, what's, you know, there's another M word, um, meditative. So there's a difference between a meditative practice, a meditation practice, and simply being mindful. Oh, I and agree wholeheartedly. My running is a meditative practice. Yeah, it's a meditative practice. You're in a groove, you're moving. You're not necessarily concentrating overly hard, but you're in a flow and it's, you know, provides a distraction and a maybe you can contemplate you know some life event boyfriends girlfriends whatever while you're running or you know whatever uh and that's a meditative practice and a lot of what gets pitched um as meditation is really meditative you know you go to a youtube video or something and there's some droney music playing in the background and then somebody's guiding you through a walk in the woods or on the beach or some such thing and there's nothing wrong with that it can be very relaxing and you need to relax and that's fine uh i suppose watching tv at night before bed just to unwind a little bit with a scotch or something I, could be meditative right it's relaxing you can contemplate a little bit you can muse a little bit that sounds um, very different than meditation <laughs> <laughs> but it's very different than meditation. But 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 they get there's this weird overlap um that that sometimes happens. And and I would, you know, I'm a I'm a stickler for <laughs> for the way it was taught like thousands of years ago and has progressed because it really works that way. And when you clearly define them like this, like I I hope I'm defining them clearly, um you can find a place for each of these in your daily life to you know enrich yourself so on the topic of meditation i have learned that meditation can be a very powerful tool for stress reduction can you explain why it's such a powerful uh, well i would say that let's take a step back and say meditation is simply a tool just like a hammer is a tool mm -hmm. and you could build a church with a hammer or you could build a torture chamber with a hammer and so if you meditate on how many horrible ways you can die, I'm pretty sure you're not going to reduce your stress. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. So if the object of your meditation is to worry about, you know, getting cancer or how many ways you could crash your car, I mean, and this is, I mean, people do this, right? People wallow. This is, you know, at the root of a lot of mental illness and depression and anxiety issues that, that arise um is because we sit there and and mull over in our heads um meditate on these sort of negative things mm -hmm. right you know almost by accident and um so 
a meditation practice as we conventionally think of it ought to be on the object of your meditation. And that's one of the first clues. If you go out looking, I would say this to our listeners, if you go out looking for, you know, a a guided meditation or a meditation teacher or meditation course online, um, and hopefully we'll offer one for mindful movement soon, actually. That's the intention. Yeah, I think that By the way, it'll be you offering it. It'll be me offering it, right? (laughs) To be clear. (laughs) Check back in a few months. Um, uh, uh, you ought to have some concrete thing that you're working on. Maybe you're trying to deal with some emotion like anxiety. I, I used to suffer terribly from anxiety issues and I would use uh, meditation and we should at some point talk about different types of meditation, but I would use an analytical meditation. like, where is this coming from? Why do I feel that way really? And sort of use the meditative uh, state to or the meditation state to examine your emotions uh, to examine my emotions in this case and get at the root of that and like why should that be and and it's a wonderful tool for getting at the root of problems and stress you use the stress specifically i think anxiety is a very close cousin to stress mm-hmm. right a response to stressors right uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anxiety, I like, I define anxiety as um, an unlabeled fear, right? You, you've got a fear of something and you haven't really fine-tuned it. Stress, as we, I mean, you're stressing yourself when you go on a trail run, right? Your physical stress. We stress ourselves when we go to the gym and, and lift weights. That's a physical stress. Um, but our mental uh, framework is that this is a good thing and I'm helping myself. Now you can do that. You can use meditation to look at your work. Why do I get so freaked out and my stomach gets tied in knots and I get a stomach ache as my inbox fills up when I'm at work or I have a report due and I have enough time and I know how to do it, but I'm like, you know, I'm hyperventilating about having to write this report or some such thing in your work life. And so one of the ways you can use meditation to um, to alleviate these symptoms is to get in and examine carefully, uh, you know, what's what's at the root here uh, behind these emotions. But then there's the, the, I think the simpler answer that maybe you were looking for was <laughs> it's sort of the slow breathing and just sitting in a restful posture, you know, where you're using, and we haven't talked about the posture yet, but there's a reason we sit the way we sit in that traditional meditation posture. Um, uh, it, it's sort of, it, it's the parasympathetic uh, nervous system gets mm-hmm. activated and and you reduce the the stress hormones is that cortisol i think it's called yeah. um it's come down when you do that you regulate your breathing you you know you're you're not letting your mind jump around to worry about various things that were happening in our lives and our lives are busy these days at a level that they weren't historically so one of the things on our website is actually underneath the, um, in the video library, underneath our mindfulness filter is three-dimensional breathing, which ah. is all about using the breath to slow the body down and stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system so that right. you your heart rate, decrease your blood pressure. And exactly. just those slow, deep breaths make such a big difference. And to your point about meditation, 
And depending upon what you're focusing on, you know, my next question for you is going to be, how is meditation such a powerful tool for personal transformation? But I think the answer is pretty much the same. It depends upon how you meditate and whether or not it can actually lead to positive yeah. personal transformation or not, depending upon where you're putting your focus and your energy and where you're concentrating. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So in, I mean, breath meditation is extremely popular and, and I, and I start all of my meditations with, with the breath, just that's all I'm concentrating on. And that is the focus of med meditation is, is the breath. And um, it's, a that's where you start, yeah. you know, is, you know, focusing on the tip of your nose or a spot that on your belly that's rising and falling or something like that with your breath in meditation. However, we don't um, try to control the breath. So there are breathing techniques um, like the one that you did uh, posted recently um, and like there are they teach this these breathing techniques to to military you know to calm themselves down in a very stressful battlefield environment or combat environment it's also um, used it for post-traumatic stress disorder yeah yeah for everything I mean it's it gives you a way to just bring it in yeah. um which is one of the you know foundations of yoga is to, to come inward right so yeah. um so if for personal transformation you know if you can just these basic benefits even if you don't use it to explore you know deep philosophical you know concepts which is what i i mean most of my meditations these days are analytical meditations on the nature of mind lately i've been although anticipating this interview i met at the the object of my meditation this morning is what really is stress like what is that like and and why why do I let myself get stressful? And what one of the things that came to mind is the uh, samurai, right? These guys were prepared to die at almost any moment and meet their death with a calmness and dignity. and a dignity, right? And because if you let yourself get freaked out, you're going to lose that sword fight. Right. If you let yourself get angry, if you let emotions overcome you, and, and what you know in that incredibly stressful environment, um, you're, you're you're not likely to win the sword fight. Right. Um, but if you can remain calm under that pressure, and the only way I know to do that is with some sort of meditative or meditation practice. Right. So it's it's interesting how this comes up in various aspects of 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 life historically in present day across all different um you know aspects and, and cultures right and how would you kind of touched on this a little bit but how would you suggest that someone get started if they're interested in learning to meditate um wow because i had such a unique i don't know if my journey was unique really um but you know, there's an awful lot of stuff online. And, you know, I was at the grocery store at Whole Foods, I don't know, like a month ago. And I saw this, I'm holding up a meditation magazine that doesn't have a lot of useful information in it. I'm sorry to say, but some, it's mostly new age BS. Um, and that's really unfortunate, uh, but it is what it is. So I would offer these few guidelines 
there is good stuff on the internet. You just have to know to, how to separate the wheat from the chaff, as it were. And so you start with, you know, a solid posture. And that doesn't mean you have to sit in a full lotus position on a on a cushion. You can do this in a chair, but it has to be an intentional posture, right? Because our, our body position wants to mirror the intentionality that we're bringing to the meditation practice. And a formal meditation practice has some preliminaries because you get ready, just like you get ready for a run or a sporting event, or, you know, you stretch beforehand, you do your work, you rest right, you eat right. Same rules apply. If you have a fight with your significant other, I can assure you your meditation isn't going to go well. Um, if you eat poorly, you're not going to meditate well. And so it becomes a way of just like if you eat poorly and don't rest well and and always are fighting with your, your significant other, you probably aren't going to feel like going on one of your runs, Naya, right? Or when you do decide to go, you're going to feel it the whole time you're running. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the same thing. And it's so there should be a, a teaching that, that speaks to this. So if they're talking about doing some preparatory stuff and, and making sure that you have an intentional posture where your spine is nice and aligned and you're not holding excessive tension, but you're not flopping on your back or crunched over or they don't talk about it at all. And then the other thing to look for is what is the object of your meditation? And the breath is a great place to start. There are other, maybe we can talk a little bit about the different types of meditation, but, um, but, you know, a simple breathing meditation is the place to start. Um, but it is at the end of the day, you know, you're you're not examining your emotions, your life or relationships or anything by focusing on your breath. It will have those other benefits, what we talked about with activating the parasympathetic nervous system and and you know, chilling you out a bit. And it becomes a little more uh sort of crosses over into meditative rather than meditation. Um but you know, it's where you start and then okay. you can bring in other stuff. So Look online, make sure you're following kind of what you said, right? Clear on the posture, making sure that you're focusing on having an object of your meditation. I'm just right. kind of recapping what you said because we're going to be closing out pretty soon. I want to make sure people get the, the bullet points of what you shared. Right. And the bullet point really that can be summed up with meditation as it has been historically taught is practiced concentration. Hmm. And if that's not what they're promoting, then move on because you'll find, you know, when it isn't. And you're very likely to find it in a like a, a Zen Buddhist or or any any of the Buddhist traditions uh, or or Hindu traditions. Uh, you're you're likely to find good instruction from any authentic teacher in those traditions. And for folks who are local, you'll be teaching at the Mindful Movement Summit right. at Sukha Yoga on Sunday, August 6th from 1 That's to 5 right. p.m. And we have passes online at Mindful Movement Summit on the NayaPilates.com website. Um, so it would be wonderful if they could learn from you. And we'll also be posting more free yeah. videos on YouTube um, and also putting them in our member library. Yeah, I look Lots forward to building that out. Yeah, lots of opportunities to to learn from you and um, explore kind of the, the practice of meditation. 
Manny, well, thank you so much for being on the sure. podcast. I really appreciate your time and expertise. And yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to being alongside you at the Mindful Movement Summit and learning. Yeah, that's gonna it's gonna be a blast. I'm look really looking forward. That time went by really fast. I once I get going. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I always put down the hammer. <laughs> I know. I can go for a long time on these subjects. Well, it's super interesting. So thank you again. And yeah, sure. um, we'll talk again soon. All right. Bye, Naya. Thank you, everybody who joined us for our podcast. We'll see you again in the next episode. Until then, keep moving mindfully.